Welcome to a brand new episode of Backpass World Cup Countdown Show. And uh, this week, we're moving forward to the 2002 World Cup in Korea and Japan. And I'm pleased to have with me, for the first time on this World Cup Countdown Show, our resident young man, Mr. Kelvin Paul Singh. How are you doing, Kel? Thanks, uh, thanks, Russ, for having me today. Uh, I know I've uh, missed a couple of World Cup sessions because three you missed three yeah i wouldn't have known anything about it (laughs) yeah yeah one of that was one of it was before you were born yeah so the 1991 yeah although it's 20 years ago but 2002 really actually was my first ever world cup i can actually remember 98 was like here and there like i I know but like 2002 that's the world cup that you know a was very convenient because the timing was really good yeah, uh, they were playing in Asia, you know, I didn't have to wake up, you know, in the wee hours in the morning. Um, and B is like, I was 12 years old. So, you know, the memory is still, uh, I wouldn't say very fresh in my, me- uh, in my mind, but, you know, I can certainly remember a few of it. Okay, that's thanks for letting me know because I wanted to ask you how old you were at that time. So 12 years old and also quite convenient timing, right? Probably school holidays at that time. 100%, 100%. The school, I remember uh, for a fun fact, it was actually my cousin's wedding uh, during oh. that World Cup period. Um, I'll get to that. Uh, and, and and part of it, we were in their house when England was playing Brazil. I think that's where there was a uh, there was a very famous and iconic goal scored by a certain Ronaldinho. Uh, yeah. But I remember watching it at my cousin's place and all my uncles were actually England supporters and they couldn't <laughs> believe their eyes what happened uh, after Ronaldinho did that goal. Okay. All right. So the concept of this show is that we'll get fans from this part of the world, Singapore, Malaysia, Southeast Asia, to come in on the show and then share their memories like like we have our own memories as well. So sharing our memories. And we will also try and get someone who is a native of the host nation who was either, you know, probably staying there or working there or was at that World Cup in the host uh, country. And in today's show, I've got someone who, well, this one was the first World Cup that's co-hosted, so I couldn't get a South Korean person, but I managed to get a friend of mine from uh, my personal, my professional uh, circles. It's uh, none other than Mr. Kimiya Shibazaki. Arigato. Hi, hi. Nice to talk to you again. Hi, my name is yeah. Kimiya Shibazaki. I'm from Japan, Osaka. And I've been in Singapore for already 10 years. And yeah, I've so you're been... practically Singaporean now. <laughs> yeah, my... Half Singaporean, half Japanese. Yeah, definitely. I just got a, a PR last year. Thanks to uh, Russ support. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that was interesting indeed. Yep. So Shiba, of course, you know, he's... I know him as a footballer. Very good player. Good team. He's got a good team. Yeah, a good team. Very... A professional team, you know, really, really typical Japanese plays. The ball doesn't complain, plays very well and uh, very neat and tidy. So that's Shiba's team and that's how I know him on a, on a professional circle. So he's, thanks a lot, Shiba, for taking the time out to be on the show because I know, I understand you've got a busy schedule as well. Yeah, and it's uh, a great honor to yeah, join as a very first guest. Yeah. yeah, like me as well. You're also a father, so I know it's a bit difficult sometimes at night. <laughs> yeah. All so the yeah, be sleeping. Yeah, it's okay. yeah, correct. True. Mine isn't yet, but uh, he'll be he'll be soon. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Shiva. Japan qualified for the first time ever in 1998. Yeah. So during that World Cup, okay, we're going back four years before 2002. Do you remember the reception in Japan to that qualification to the 1998 World? 1998, right? Yeah. Uh, to share about the event in 1998, right? Actually, I must uh, touch a bit of, uh, you know, 1994, actually. Uh, okay. That was uh, called Agony of Doha. You know, uh-huh. uh, the game against uh, Iraq at that time, the final round of Asia World Cup qualifiers in uh, Qatar. 
Doha, mm. yeah, in Qatar. Mm. So Japan was winning actually 2 1. Then Iraq scored in the additional time in a very okay. last minute. Then in no, ni, uh, 1994, we missed the, you know, the, the opportunity to firstly uh, going to the World Cup. Yeah. So actually, yeah, this set event even made uh, 1998 much more dramatic. Then, it was, point, yeah. yeah. Then we, uh, yeah, we at the qualifier final against uh, Iran this time. Yeah. We call it uh, the light of Johor Bahru. Yeah. You know, that match was in Johor Bahru. Yeah. Then right. uh, in the innings game, actually, yeah, we had uh, uh, scored one. And then, yeah, finally, uh, we got chosen to go to France World Cup in 1998. Yeah. Kel, do you know that this qualifier was played in Johor Bahru, Luckin Stadium? No, this is the first time actually hearing this. Is yeah. All I remember, uh, uh, 98 World Cup, uh, the Japan jersey was on fire. Literally, yeah, literally. You know, the, the, side, the yeah. jersey was, it was actually awesome. Like, uh, mm. I, I love the, the design, but no, I didn't know it was a job. So good to know. Thank you. Yeah, the qualifiers was played in Johor I remember the game as well against Iran. was a very exciting game. Mm. I remember watching it, so it was really exciting. And eventually, you know, Japan won and I'm sure a lot of Japanese would have, uh, would love Johor Bahru because yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, Fond memories of JB. Yeah, we call it as a delight of Johor Bahru. Everyone knows okay. about the event. And then there is uh, some museum there at the stadium. Hmm. Yeah, the, the uniform with the fire is actually yeah, attached on the wall at the Johor hmm. Bahru Stadium. Yeah. Okay, I must go and see because my house in Johor Bahru is very close to that stadium. Oh, okay. So I must go and take a look then. Okay, thanks for sharing that, Shiva. Yeah. Okay, so the reception, I guess a lot of... Uh, good feeling towards the qualification and during the World Cup, actually Japan didn't do too badly, right? In 1998, you were against Argentina in your group, Croatia. Yeah. And uh, there was one other team, I can't remember who else was in that group. I also don't remember. It was too, mm. <laughs> too many years. <laughs> yeah. Let me just Google that. But then, yeah, tell, tell us about that time when you were watching that World Cup in 1998. The whole nation was behind uh japan at that time was it like you know time stood still mm. jamaica was the other team in that group okay oh, jamaica. Yes, yes yes yeah so jamaica is another one with a colorful jersey mm -hmm. standout jersey as well yeah yeah true true so at that time yeah ever since japan national team qualified for the you know france world cup for the very very first time actually a lot of the people even who are not playing the football started to watch the you know football games Mm. Yeah, like people like us always like watching the you know the the games, but uh those people who never you know play the football or also started to watch the games. That was I think quite a big change ever since we qualified to the World Cup. Mm. Mm. I think this at this point also probably is important that you let us know, Shiva, that mm. football actually isn't the number one sport in Japan, is it? Yeah, usually we first thing we watch is like baseball. Mm. Oh, baseball. Is yeah. that a national sport of uh, Japan? Baseball? It's not national sports, but uh, we got a lot of uh, influence uh, from US. Okay. So, like, you know, football is one of the most major sports. And then following by football. Mm, okay. Then basketball, volleyball, and those, yeah, things. So, the football is not the uh, number one in, in a sense, yeah. Mm. So then, okay, 1998 happened, you played quite well you lost one nil to argentina and lost one nil to croatia not bad you scored yeah. your first goal in the world cup against jamaica but you lost that game as well but that was 2-1 you lost to jamaica so yeah. overall not bad not bad a uh, debut by japan you didn't get humiliated or you, you didn't get trash i think a lot of people would have been thinking okay mm -hmm. japan against argentina against croatia strong teams you know probably japan's gonna get hammered or you know it mm. might be a landslide victory for these teams, but no, nothing of that. So I think Japan did well. You, in your opinion, you think uh, how did the Japan team play in that World Cup? Actually, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Ras. Actually, yeah, uh, we all believe that the you know Japan was since we were the first, uh, I mean, first time for us to you know the, go for the World Cup, right? Mm. Of course, as a <clears throat> How to say? Uh, in Japan, it was like a festival because that was a very, very, you know, dream uh, match. 
yeah mm-hmm. but on the other hand uh those people who are <clears throat> playing the football always like feel like mm, uh hope uh you know we will not be destroyed by those like big strong teams mm-hmm. but uh as a result actually that was actually yeah not bad we enjoyed a lot for watching it yeah Mm, okay, so now move on four four years later. Now you're hosting the World Cup. Mm. Four years on, you think there was a difference in the reception from the Japanese? Did they, you know, take to football more after the 1998 World Cup? Yeah. Yeah, definitely it was a difference. Uh, ever since we joined in the France World Cup in 1998, actually that era was, we got uh, some, you know, good talents. You mm. not, not sure whether you remember. From that time, uh, we got uh, Hidetoshi Nakata, Shinji Ono, Junichi yeah. Inamoto, and Takahara. Yeah, yeah we yes. call them as a golden age, as most of them are from uh, 1979. They all born in 1979. Nakata okay. is slightly older. Yeah, so we oh, okay. got to know those players. Then in 2002, actually, most of them are still you know, in the national team. They're yeah. still in the I think youth. in 2002 they were they were they were peaking. I think Nakata was like they call him the David Beckham of Japan. Yeah, Asia, of Asia, not of Asia, Japan. Sorry, yeah. uh, Inamoto. I think after that World Cup he joined Fulham. Eh, was it Fulham or he joined? He actually was at Arsenal. Arsenal. He, yeah, yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he, he earned some big. Shinji Uno was at Feyenoord. Yeah. So, so yeah. there were. I think they were like a, a very very strong team and like. And, and and Japan has been known for for creating a lot of uh, strong talents, right? Mm. Yeah, true, true. And um, also got to you know, those are head off to the one and only Mr. King Kazu, Kazuyoshi Miura. He was the trendsetter. He was the one that was playing in in Europe first. He was playing in Italy. Mm. And uh, at that point in time, Italy, the Italian Serie A was the strongest league in the world, and Nakata was there. He was winning the Scudetto as well with Roma one season before. And also the Confederations Cup in 2001. I think Japan hosted that also. Uh, Japan did well. You remember anything of that, uh, Shiba? Actually, no. No? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm here for that. So, yeah, Japan did quite well. And uh, Nakata had a really good standout Mm. tournament. So, that's that. So thanks for sharing the build-up to that World Cup among the Japanese. Mm. And also in terms of uh, stadium building and all, there was really, I'm, I'm sure, you know, typical Japanese efficiency would have been done very fast. Mm. Infrastructure. Actually, yeah, because of the J-League and uh, those like a domestic uh, football professional league, actually mm. every prefecture got a, you know, big stadium already. So I believe they did uh, some attach attachment as in like uh, to rebuild a certain you know big bigger stadium, but I think the fundamental was already there. Mm. Okay, cool. So now it's time for me to bring on our fan on the show. Uh, he's rushed down all the way from work, coming from Malaysia. It's Mr. Patma Raj. He's got his own uh, YouTube. Uh, sorry, podcast show as well called Jome United, which is a show as the name suggests for Manchester United fans. You can see the Manchester United logo behind as well. So <laughs> welcome on the show, Padma. It's been nice. Uh, first hi, time hi, on the hi. show. Yes, it's an honor yeah. to be here. Nice to meet you all. Hi, Shiba. Hi, Ras. And hi, Kel. How are you guys doing? We're doing well, good, man. man. We're doing good, well. good, 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 good. Yeah, so that th- basically the three Manchester United fans here. Um, but today we're not going to talk about Manchester United. This is going to be an easy podcast now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about 2002 World Cup. So uh, we already heard from Kel about where he was and how old he was during this World Cup. Padma, yourself, how old were you when this World Cup took place? I was uh, 14. 14. 14 years old. Okay. 14 years old, I was in my secondary school. Form 2, I think that was one mm. of the best uh, World Cups ever because, surely because, mainly because of the timing of the games. Yeah. <laughs> we had all in local time. That was yeah. the first time, first World Cup because the earliest World Cup I can remember was uh, 1994. I was very, very young back then. Okay. And much clearer picture was 1998, France. Mm. Mm. And I'm a huge Brazil fan. Mm. So France was very heartbreaking, <laughs> mainly because of the finals. 
So 2002 was an awesome, awesome. I remember we watched the England versus Brazil game in our school hall. Oh, really? Oh. It was a Friday afternoon. They literally brought a television. Back then, uh, you have these local RTM stations having yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Correct. games alive. So TV they played the game that. live because it was in the afternoon. I think two, uh, two, three o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. So the yeah. first half of school was us watching Brazil versus England. I still remember uh, that in my school hall. Uh, nice, nice. Okay, so I was 18 years old at that point in time. I, I was done with my O levels, and I was spending a month in Malaysia. So because you know. I was waiting for my polytechnic uh, studies to start. And uh, so I was still in Malaysia. So most of the group stage matches, I watched it there. So I remember all those TV, TV Satu, TV Dua, TV yeah. Tiga matches and all. So I was, yeah, as, as you said, in terms of timing, it's great. But I have some other memories that are not very fond or nice I, to me. I know, as, I know. As I an Italy fan. <laughs> yeah. So, Especially the, the Italians, right? Yeah, so we'll get and, to that. Jung Hwang became the biggest villain, <laughs> right? I remember that. Because, uh, yeah, biggest villain, of course, indeed. Shiba, yourself, in Japan, do you mm. manage to catch any of these matches live? Actually, I'm from Osaka then. At that time, I was living in Osaka as well. Then there was uh, there is a stadium called Nagai Football Stadium, which is okay. just 10 minutes away from my home. Okay. So, which held uh, three games in total only. Mm. Then mm -hmm. uh, the first match was uh, Nigeria versus England. Okay. Then secondly, uh, Tunisia versus Japan. Okay. Then that one oh. is Senegal versus Turkey. Okay. I remember I couldn't get any of the tickets, <laughs> but still <laughs> went around the stadium to buy uh, some like you know fake <laughs> shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That the was effort was there, you know. The effort was there to to <laughs> and again, so hear you, the, the clouds. Yeah, you met you met fans from all these countries. Uh yeah, I saw a lot of uh, Caucasians, uh, a lot of uh, you know the those like black people, which we seldom see in uh, mm. my hometown. Yeah, that mm. was quite uh, you know interesting you know moment to see mm. a lot of the people from all over the world. Mm. And I know during this World Cup, there was a lot of public appearances made, especially by the big teams with their big name players. Do you uh, manage to watch uh, or attend any of these public appearances or training sessions even? Uh, no, actually. I was too busy on my own you know, football team's practice. Okay. Because uh, I was 16 and I was playing in the you know, school uh, team. Was it vacation time as well in Japan at, at this that time was, of the World Cup? I believe that was a May... Or June yeah. time, right? June, June. Yeah. Uh, no, still, yeah, the older classes are ongoing. No okay. Time. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, the different timing to us in Malaysia and Singapore then? Yeah. Our summer vacation is from uh, August usually. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yes. Coming back to this World Cup, to, this is for everyone. This is a World Cup known for shocks, shock results. I got to ask each and every one of you, which was your favorite underdog team? We go with Kel, my co-host Kel, come on. Oh man, I have to go. Let's go with the shocks first. Uh, the most shocking game ever was uh, France versus uh, Senegal. Yeah. Um, you know, the dance around the jerseys. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that was pretty intense. You know, being a young boy, uh, watching that for the first time, you know. All I watched was United games, you know, growing up. That's all I watched, mm. United games. Then for the first time watching the World Cup games, and seeing that happen, and France was the world champions right before this. Yeah, and world and European up, champions. World and European, and then uh, certain El Haji Diouf, uh, you know, uh, gave them a shock. So that was my. I will. I will talk about like South Korea and Italy. That that game was also a shock. But for me, the shock of the the whole World Cup was Senegal winning uh, France. Um, mm -hmm. My favorite underdog team. Uh, this is a very good question. Uh, I would say South Korea, mainly because, um, yes, they were the host team, um, the host nation, um, but the, the run they had under Gus Hooding, um, you know, and the players, and, you know, right up till the semifinals, and they narrowly lost uh, to Germany as well, um, you know, in the semifinals. So for me, the, the underdog team has to be uh, South Korea. Mm, okay. Just to correct you a bit, 
it, the goal by Senegal was scored by Papa Diop, the late Papa, Papa Diop, Diop. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that and, is right. That is right. And uh, yeah, so that's that. But true. But Diop did play. Diop did play. Right? Yeah, did he? Of course, yeah. played a big part. He was Remember one of the uh, iconic star players. Star. Yeah. Yourself, Padma. Um, I would say I would very much agree with Kel uh, uh, on. Uh, the whole Senegal versus France because France were the world champions. Yeah. And then fast forward a few additions, we always see the defending champions struggle in the very next World Cup. Yeah. I think France was one of the catalyst team that actually created this Started kind of... Discuss, yeah. So, uh, France-Senegal for me as well. Underdog team, I would say Turkey. Hmm. Turkey had a very good tournament, finishing third. Although they lost the opening game to Brazil, there was a close score as well. 2-1, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, correct. You had Rustu Rekba as their keeper. Yeah. And uh, I still remember that Hakan Sukor as their main player. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, these two players were very vital. I would say the underdog team that had a good run was Turkey. Although, I would say Senegal, I would put Senegal in the same uh, breath as well. Very first World Cup, they went quite far as well. Mm. So, I think Rustu, Rustu had that, had that, yeah, yes, that the, camo the on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah correct. <laughs> Something that new. I naturally have, but he has. <laughs> okay, Shiva, yourself, your favorite underdog story. Okay, favorite underdog story. Uh, definitely Japan is one of it. Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah. Group page actually, we against yeah. with the Virgin. Then we all thought uh, we would be defeated completely. But uh, mm. the score was 2-2. Two, two. That was draw game. Yeah, true. And in fact, in the group H, actually, we were uh, in the first place, right? So that was yeah. uh, quite a big surprise. But after that, the, all the magic will go on, though. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> and then uh, the favorite underdog team is same. Uh, yeah, actually, I also agree. Uh, the Korea was, you know, South Korea was one of it. Because they won against the Spain, right? Uh, then yes. at that yeah. time, Spain got Raul, which is one yeah. of my favorite uh, player. So I was more very, very much jealous on yeah, <laughs> the country. <actually. laughs> okay, all right. For me, it will be Turkey. My favorite was Turkey. I was uh, supporting them, hoping that they go far. So other players I want to add on was Hassan Sass. There's this guy. Hassan Il- Sass. Yes. Ilhan Mansis. Yildri Bastuk. So this Emre, Emre Bolezoglu. So and yeah, all this. How about their defender? Ali Pai or Al Pai? Al- or... Alpe Ozlan. Alpe Ozlan, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it. so yeah, these were the shock teams, the uh, surprise underdog teams. There were a lot of shock surprises. And the reason for that is um, something else we'll talk about soon. But Shiba, you spoke a bit about Japan's performance. Mm. Can you just expand a bit more on like, Japan's performance from first game till the second round, you know, you got knocked out against Turkey. Yeah, so I don't really remember precisely, but I believe uh, that they did well in the group. Uh, yeah. Although, yeah, they had to against with the Virgin, uh, Tunisia. Tunisia usually, you know, their you know physical is very very strong, and yeah. then Russia as well. Uh, they're very tall. Then those set plays are quite um, you know disadvantages for agents, right? Mm. So then, as I mentioned, especially against the Belgian was draw and they never, never lost in a group H. So I believe that time was quite, uh, I mean, focused and very good. Then yeah. uh, at the final tournament, the Magic was gone, as I mentioned, and they lost against yeah. the Turkey. But the thing is, Turkey was very, very good. Right. Yeah. So, mm. and then they went up until semifinal. They lastly yeah. lost against the Brazil, 0-1, yeah. right? So yeah. that was quite quite strong team. So mm. in a sense, uh, Japan was doing quite great as a result. That what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So Japan started off as you said with a two-two draw against Belgium. Mm. Then you beat Tunisia and Russia to mm. qualify top of your group. So your first points ever in a World Cup when you drew against Belgium, and then your first wins as well. Mm. Um, I know monumental moment at that point of time for Japan because. First time you've qualified out of the group stage, top of the table. I think everyone must have been flying in Japan, you know. It must have been on cloud nine, right? Yeah. Mm. Everyone was super excited going into the game against Turkey. And then I remember it was also a heavy rain uh, mm. on that day when they played against uh, Turkey. And it really rained down on 
the Japanese parade that day, I guess. Yeah. The thing is, yeah, June is the Japanese uh, rainy season. Monsoon. Okay. Yeah, monsoon. So I I don't know why they chose that season because every, almost every day is raining in June, to be frank. Okay. I think probably it's cooler, right? And then, you know, uh, yeah. those European players probably could. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to our previous question, World Cup shocks, right? Other yeah. than the results, right? I think um, the Cameroonian jersey was a World Cup shock. <laughs> uh, that's why I felt, you know, they come first time ever coming on with a sleeveless uh, yeah, jersey, they, you know, was, uh, and then I remember they actually had a cap, a, a one game they actually put on like a mini sleeve no, they, or something. No, like because that. they couldn't wear a sleeveless jersey, they wore it for the African Cup of Nations which they won, and then okay. FIFA said no for the World Cup, you got to have a sleeve, so they, so they just wore the sleeveless and just had like a patch sleeve thing yeah, that, going that on was, there. That had to be one of the World Cup shocks uh, or surprises for me. <laughs> just to add. Sleeveless, man. I mean, imagine if FIFA said, yes, you can wear sleeveless jerseys. How many sleeveless jerseys we might see today in football? 100%, because 100%. you won't be able to tuck your sleeves right? Especially uh, for this World Cup, right? Qatar, where, you know, it's going to be really, apparently it's going to be really, really hot over there. Mm. I'm not too sure about their, how their stadium is going to close and air condition and stuff. But, mm. you know, many teams, I feel, will, will benefit uh, from, from that sleeveless uh, jersey. Yeah. Okay. So, from Japan, we go on to the other co-hosts now. Both, I mean, all three of you have spoken about South Korea's performance. As a neutral, I'm sure, yes. They did well, you know, to get all the way to the semi-final. Kel is laughing already. I have a question. What? <laughs> you asked the question and I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> okay. So, there is always this thing about um, with this World Cup and South Korea's progress to the semi-final, there is something that South Korea cannot escape and that is the controversy behind that win against Italy and Spain. <laughs> So this why, one, why is, I, it, why is it a controversy? They played well. They, they, got they played well, before. yes. But then, <laughs> but then, Totti shouldn't have got sent off because it should have been a penalty. That is one. Then the other one, of course, the, in those days there was no VAR to track and all that. And then it also was proven later on in life that the referee in that game was a drug trafficker. So doubt <laughs> on his integrity. Uh, and then the one against Spain, the ball didn't even cross the line when the cross went yeah, in and Spain, yeah. and Spain scored. So, you know, of course, there's controversy in both cases. I, and I'm just going to leave it out there for you guys to discuss this. Controversy or no? Or you think it's something small? For me, I think it's a, uh, in, in a big stage, of course, back in the day, there was no technology. So we have to put yeah. it out there that no, there were no VR. I don't think the referee had that had that goal technology on his watch where, you know, when the ball crosses the line, it, it shows as goal. Um, so for me, I think it was a benefit of a doubt. Um, you know, South Korea being the host nation, definitely some kind of soft spot or some kind of... Uh, favoritism. Uh, favoritism, or whatever you want to put it. I would put everything to luck. Um, I would say is they, they were lucky, yes. Um but you know they actually brought themselves there and they earned their luck that's what that's mm. what i would say um if they didn't bring themselves there they wouldn't have earned that luck and you know luck works both ways that could be good luck or bad luck but mm. you know everything went went for them so uh, it, was, it was really good on them okay but very unfortunate but, for italy you know like you know how circumstances happen that's very unfortunate yeah. for spain as well but Hey man, football, you know, anything can happen, right? But now with VAR, something, you know, it's more, it's more accurate. Yeah. Yourself, Padma, what do you, do you agree? Is it about the controversy? Um, I would, I would, I would actually say that uh, South Korea played the advantage as the host to the fullest. Mm. That's what exactly took place. Um, secondly, even with VAR, we can see all those dubious VAR decisions that we see, right? Yeah, I mean, in England, you know, yes. United fans, especially. Like, like the penalty was meant to happen over the weekend, didn't happen, but that's yeah, so, <laughs> so, so is life. So, I would say, I feel pity for Spain. Spain had a solid squad, similar to mm. Italy as well. Yeah. Both of them yeah. had really good squads. But every World Cup, there is this story of the team that is 
has been so great but just not there mm-hmm. we have had that over the years we have mm-hmm. had the likes of even the last world cup belgium were the team that were great but they were not so much there so and they are also the lucky ones who go all the way but i would actually put korea in the same south korea in the same bracket as how croatia were in the last world cup mm-hmm. they actually did the work they don't have players to finish they don't have polished strikers to finish goals so this kind of they, they were defensively solid to a certain extent i would say you can't fault their defensive play but offensively they had uh, they had issues in scoring goals but they had really really hard working players. players yeah yes. so i think Paji Song, yes. Throw in Paji Song. Paji Song is the living testimony of a hard-working player, the the person to the core who works hard for every ball. Everybody there was a Paji Song. That is what was going on. That is how Korea actually took the World Cup. So yes, they mm. did have luck. They did have that yeah. advantage, but they worked for it. And mm. this kind of mistakes happens in football. It's mm. it is it happens. <clears throat> okay, Shiva, you spoke about. A bit having a bit of jealousy looking at South Korea's yeah. run to the semi-final. Do you feel they were a bit lucky as well? Yeah. At the same time, actually, at that time, I still be. I mean, remember that in Japan, right? We got uh, this topic uh, actually uh, uh, about the you know controversial, hmm. and this is also coming from our you know mindset. Like, are we jealous up on this you know result as well? Then you know, uh, same as Singapore versus Malaysia, we got this you know very strong competition. Japan versus Korea always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to even like baseball game or football game, you know this very very you know hot uh, game usually. Mm-hmm. So at the time also obviously it was a big topic as uh, at the time, and then uh, especially Korea versus Italy at the quarterfinal, still a yeah. lot of highlights are uploaded on YouTube or somewhere else. Then they people saying like that was you know controversial you know much in a sense. Yeah. Then that I but still I believe that there are two two topics in uh, included I believe. Uh, one is judges issue then and also another one is a uh, their rough plays, basically. So for the judges, we often see uh, the similar things in any other sports as yeah uh Kel mentioned, yeah. So I think yeah I can sense that I I can say that that was kind of like luck. As a hosting country, mm-hmm. but for the rough place was actually too bad to be frank. We rewatched the you know those uh, highlights, mm-hmm. but uh, luckily we don't have a you know Korean guy <laughs> <right> today. <laughs> he will back to differ. He will be like, sorry guys, uh, let me just. Uh, that was yeah already like two decades ago. So now each country and each team should have much more professionalism as an athlete. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I believe it's improving now. Yeah. And also, do you feel like uh, you know how you wish Japan had that luck that uh, Korea had? Yeah, this is also one of the uh, weak point of a Japanese team or Japanese players. They respect the opponents too much sometimes. Mm. Yeah, so <clears throat> this is something that we should learn uh, from South Korea also. I mean, those aggressiveness or challenging spirits will bring us or bring them the luck, right? In a sense. Mm. Yeah, I always need to challenge. Even uh, you know, the opponents are stronger or bigger or you know tougher. Mm. Yeah, that's something that I believe South Korea is quite strong on that part. Mm. Okay, so now next topic I'll talk about is the disappointing performances of all the big boys. A lot of big boys, in fact, I would say, had a disappointing World Cup. A lot exited early as well, and. Uh, Uh, we talked about France already. They were going into this World Cup on a high. They won the World Cup. They won the European Championships. They won the Confederations Cup as well, leading up to the World Cup. So they were one of the favorites to win the World Cup. Argentina was the other favorites to win the World Cup. I would also say Italy was one of the favorites to win the World Cup. Portugal, we all three Portugal had really, out, uh, yeah. Even Portugal went out early. Yeah, Figo, they were in Luis, South Korea's group. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Portugal went to the semi-finals of the Euros. Two years before, so they also had a really good squad, and they got knocked out early in the group stage. So in the group stage itself, you lost Argentina, you lost France, you lost Portugal, out in the group stage. Then second round, you lost Italy, quarterfinals, you lost Spain, England, England. as well. But in- England played against a, a big team like Brazil, 
And Brazil and Germany were two teams that I think no, nobody really fancied going to the World Cup because their qualification to the World Cup wasn't great. But they went all the way to final. But now, just on the big boys now, these teams that disappointed, which, according to you, is the biggest disappointment? I go I with... Think, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. So I yeah, think yeah, I uh, basically the biggest disappointment has to be France. That, that's that's mm. that's. But let's let's just put France aside, you know, and and you look at the England squad. For me, um, yes, they played against Brazil, and they, they actually played pretty well in the first half. Yeah, I correct. think Michael Owen scored, if I'm yeah, not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they actually had a pretty decent squad. Uh, Beckham was in the squad. Goals. Um, you had a lot of good players in 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 the England squad. Just they just got undone by. The Ronaldinho goal, uh, but for me, England, uh, you know, should be doing better with with those uh, with those players they had. So for me, one of the biggest disappointments uh, uh, was England in the tournament because they mm. didn't play particularly well in all their games. They were just like, yeah, I, I know they 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 had like a couple of three zero wins, but like, but still, man, I think they should do much better with the players they had. Yeah, England. Uh... England was actually in the so-called group of death because they had Argentina, England, Sweden, and Nigeria. And at at that point, Nigeria is one of the best uh, countries. Always looked at as the biggest underdog or dark horse team that could surprise the big teams. And and they were in that group, so they drew against Nigeria and Sweden. They beat Argentina. That was a cracking game against Argentina. Yeah. Um, and then they beat Denmark in the second round, three nil. That's the three nil yeah. talking about, and then lost to Brazil. And I think you got a story behind that Brazil, uh, Brazil England game, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the funny story was, I think, I think everyone have, uh, have their own memories of the England Brazil game. Um, I was in my uncle's house. There was a wedding going on, um, you know, Indian wedding. The whole Jim Bang family was was at the house. And everybody, you know, I'm not sure why Singaporeans, especially all the older uncles, are mostly England supporters. England fans, yeah. um, England fans. no one knew. Uh, they knew Brazil was good, but they only knew one player, which is Ronaldo. Um, they didn't know who is Ronaldinho, no Rivaldo whatsoever. But um, when that goal went in from Ronaldinho, I think that was the goal that he announced himself to the world. Um, that he is one, like one hell of a magical player. Um, you know, and I fell in love with uh, uh, Brazil uh, in that tournament. You know, watching them play, I remember one of my favorite players. Uh, you know, in the Brazil squad was actually Cafu. Uh, mm. You know, running up and down tirelessly against a certain Ashley Cole. Um, you know, who was in his prime. I think it was still like yeah. I think it was pretty one of the best left backs. Yeah, one of the best left backs and getting outdone by by Cafu. Everybody was talking about Carlos, but Cafu actually did the job. Uh, on the other end, so so that was that game for me was the most iconic game, um, other than the France game, England versus Brazil, uh, especially that free kick goal for me that's etched in my memory. I think that's one of the best game I've watched. Mm, okay, yourself, Padma, which team is was the biggest disappointment for you? Um, to me, to me, okay, uh, to me, let's leave uh, France, England, England always. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not an England fan, but sorry to say this, but England, every time they show promise and during the big tournaments, they are always missing. Except for the last Euros until the finals. So, yeah. uh, uh, apart from England, France, and uh, uh, I would say Portugal. Portugal, Portugal yeah. that was their golden generation, so-called golden generation, right? Yeah. You see, Portugal, the teams that win things are teams that are not really that golden after all. You yeah. had the 2004 team that went all the way until the finals in Euros. That team yeah. was not so golden. It was trying to become a bit rusty. And then you had the 2006 team that went all the way until the semi-finals of the World Cup. Hmm. Right? And then fast yeah. forward 2018, the team that won the Euros. It's not, But the actual golden generation, if you look at it, was the 2002 team. With Luis yeah. Figo and a plethora of players. You, you had Luis Figo before that. Costa, Costa, Figo, and all these plethora of players who were the golden generation of Portugal. And for them to exit from the group stage was something that was very, very disappointing given that how well they did in the previous Euros. Hmm. So, I would say Portugal. Yeah, it wasn't a tough group as well for them. It was yeah, yeah. 
with uh, okay south korea you would i think would have expected them to beat south korea beat poland beat usa i think it was the other one yeah. usa was another surprise team i think nobody has mentioned usa did Correct. quite well yeah. in this world cup um going all the way probably to quarterfinals yeah so yep shiba yourself who would you say is the biggest disappointment okay i actually we agree <clears throat> that the uh the portuguese is something that we not disappointed but more like surprised and another thing is um argentina yeah uh, so i was waiting for someone to say argentina <laughs> yeah like yeah you <laughs> said so as a you know at that time we i still remember uh, we were doing some small small very small betting among the friends okay. which team will go to the final which go, team go to win or something like that and uh, actually argentina was uh yeah one of the popular uh you know the, the team choices yeah yeah but you know the, they lost in the, in the group lead so that was kind of like you know some of the members they did on the country was quite disappointed and i was also surprised yeah yeah and argentina had a fantastic squad as well you know brilliant mm-hmm. you batistuta crespo yeah. ortega veron riquelme Oh my God! There was I mean, some star-studded uh, team. This might hurt a lot of Argentina fans, but I would say Argentina is the South American England. They always come with huge promises for every tournament, and after that, they just fail to deliver all the time. They might want to prove you wrong this year, bro. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. This year they got a good squad as well, yeah. This year I think they got a good squad. Yeah, they got they got a good squad, but then you know, like what uh. Padma has said, you know, they got Simeone. <laughs> I'm just looking at the list now. Simeone, Canigia, Crespo, Aima, no Riquelme. Pablo Aima. Aima. Oh, no, yeah. Pablo Aima was there. Zanetti. Oof, Ayala was the defender. Ayala, yeah. Batistuta was the captain. So it was a fantastic squad Argentina had. What's yeah. that guy, the left back with the long hair? What's his name? Sorin. Sorin, Sorin, okay. Yeah, he was oh, there too. Was... Yep. Okay, so for me, of course, Italy. I think I'll touch on Italy because my favorite team. But disappointing in the sense that they played in a different way in the qualifiers. They after going to the final of the Euro 2000, I think they built on that, did quite well. Played more attacking in the in the qualifiers, but for some reason, I mean, going to the World Cup, they suddenly started becoming defensive. And um, in a way, yes, well, unlucky. Italy was unlucky because in the group stage as well, we should have at least drawn against Croatia. So had some goals disallowed in that game. Then the South Korea one, everyone knows what happened. But while we were unlucky, we were also not really at our best because I don't think Italy really played very well. Which is actually typical Italy to normally start slow in the World Cups and then pick up when the time. Really matters, but in this time, thing was a bit too late for them to pick up, and I felt the de- tactics are a bit too defensive for the quality Italy had. So, a bit disappointing for me in the way Italy played and set up uh, in the World Cup in this World Cup. So, right, moving on now, standout players, man, come on, standout players. I'm sure you can reel off the names. We've already mentioned some. We go with Shiba first. Let's go with Shiba. 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 Let's go with Shiba first. Okay. Um, from Germany, uh, Oliver Kahn. Mm. Michael Balak as well. Oh yeah. I mean, ever since that, uh, you know, the World Cup. Actually, the Kahn was one of the most you know favorite guy in Japan. Became okay. a very uh, famous in Japan. Okay. Then after that, I believe he flew over to Japan again to shoot some commercials and so on. Actually, uh-huh. there were a lot of fans. Then as a result, actually, yeah, because of uh, his good performance, also I think yeah, German the team was quite you know stable until mm. you know the final, right? So mm. definitely he is yeah one of it, I believe. Mm, okay, uh, of course Ronaldo. I mean everyone will have to agree Ronaldo is one of the stand-up players. So let's not mention let's not mention Ronaldo. Yeah, and uh, that for the final, yes, the standout the hairstyle. Yeah, Ronaldo. I, I remember Ronaldo was going into this World Cup after the heartbreak of Inter losing the Serie A on the last day of the season. He was crying on the bench because it, Inter was just three points away from winning the league against Lazio, and they lost it. They collapsed. That was 
one of the biggest collapse and heartbreaks of my life as well as a football fan. So that's that. Ronaldinho? And, uh, I think Ronaldinho. Yeah, Ronaldinho. I think the three R's, I would say. Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo all had great World Cups. Rivaldo didn't cover himself in glory in the first match. Remember <laughs> that? It was really embarrassing. I mean, for a player of his quality, he shouldn't be doing that. That was embarrassing. Um, other than that, yeah, other than that, let's mention other players. Uh, probably you've already mentioned El Haji Diof, he had a great, great World Cup for Senegal. Yeah, let's not talk about him. I think from, from the Japanese team as well, Inamoto had a good World Cup, yet he, yeah. he was probably the top scorer, right? I mean, uh, Shiba? Yeah, if I, if I may, uh, hmm. Shiba. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I think first two, three score was yeah, made by him, Inamoto. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it wasn't really Nakata, it was actually Inamoto was the top yeah. scorer. So, yeah. Yeah, she, uh, Padma, yes. Uh, before, I, I I agree with Russ that we shouldn't mention most of the Brazilian players, but uh, it was a redemption for Ronaldo and the rise mm-hmm. of Ronaldinho. That's how I would sum the yeah, World Cup true. 2002. Because yes. uh, not only did uh, Ronaldo lose to Inter in that uh, in that leading to the World Cup, yeah. he was coming back after his knee surgery. Injury, and, yes, and yes. That yeah. was a World Cup which many thought he will never even play. Yeah, and he scored eight goals in that entire World Cup. Something that for a player to come back and to actually be a star yeah. player for a tournament of one month and score eight goals after a knee without a knee, mm. it's something that was unheard of. Yeah. So that is why I term it as a redemption of uh, Ronaldo as well as the rise of Ronaldinho. People knew Ronaldinho mm. after that World Cup 2002. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Also, yeah. Mira, uh, yeah. Miroslav closer. Closer, Miroslav yes. Closer. In the group yes. stage, I think it was Saudi Arabia, right? 5-0. Saudi Arabia, 8-0. Yeah, think, 8-0. 8-0. 8-0. Yeah, he scored 5 8-0. goals, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Eight, 3 goals. 3 goals. That was, know, no, no, he scored more than, uh, more than... Uh, Three goals. But I thought he had a good tournament. You know, out yeah. of nowhere, uh, everybody started, people started noticing. Yeah. Hakan Suko. Yeah, sorry. People, all these Turkish players, they yeah. all noticed them after the 2002 World Cup as well. Yeah. You are right, Padma. It's a closer did score a hat trick, just three goals against. Yeah, and that was their biggest win in that whole tournament. After that, it's all one nils and one goals and. What not all ones one goal enough. five goals if I'm not mistaken five goals yeah, yeah just, just behind, behind. Uh, Ronaldo yeah so it was it was a break break breakout uh, World Cup for many new players and mm. also a uh, World Cup to remember for for the Brazilian squad you had you that was the very first time you see both <coughs> the fullbacks bombarding forward and creating more opportunities they 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 were the yeah. the players who create the creators of the modern day flying in fullbacks yeah. Full back, who yeah. act as inverted wingers to come in yeah, yeah. 100% so I think brazil was playing a, a five man defense uh, yes. you know i think it was lucio roca junior if i'm not wrong yeah. i forgot the last one but like uh, was carlos and cafu just going down the flanks yes and, then, and both of them um, to the stamina to do that throughout 90 minutes was amazing it's crazy it's crazy game in game out yeah, and also probably one other team. This is a surprise team. I would say um, USA, I think, did a very good World Cup. Brad Friedel was fantastic. Donovan yeah. in that World Cup? Yes. Pardon? Who? London Donovan was that World Cup. Right? London Donovan. Let me check. I know Brian McBride yes, was. was in that World Cup. He was the uh, star striker. London Donovan, listen to this, was the best young player of that World Cup. Yes. Ah. He got okay, the so Correct me if I'm wrong, Russ. Zlatan's first World Cup? Yeah, Zlatan, yeah, Zlatan's first World Cup. Sweden was actually doing quite Andrew well. Lassen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Freddy Lundberg as well. Sweden was actually doing quite well until they met Senegal and Senegal knocked them out. So, in that game, if Senegal had lost and Sweden had gone through, I think we would have been talking about Sweden as one of the right. surprise teams because they were doing quite well in that World Cup. Not bad. They came out of the group of death with England. Yeah. And... Uh, was actually uh, probably moments away from winning that game even against Senegal, but they missed their chances. Senegal took theirs. Senegal got another player, Henry Kamara. Has yeah, Henry Kamara, yeah, the speedy, the speedy player. Yeah, also had a good World Cup. So, yeah, so standout players we've mentioned. I think quite a few players. Now, let's go to the final. 
Brazil versus Germany. We've talked about both teams already, their progress to the final. I think Germany, very solid. Nobody expected them. Very boring, in fact, in a way, because nothing exciting about Germany. They, this was a generation of German players that I think was in transition because they had won the World Cup in 1990. So that, that was their golden generation. They won in 1990, won the Euros in 96. And then by the time 98 came around, they were all aging. And now this was a new generation of players, not really talented, not really like, you know, World Club, World Stars, except Oliver Kahn and Michael Balak was making his name at Bayer Leverkusen. And then we got to know about closer in this World Cup. Mm. And they went all the way to the final. So, Shiba, you talked about Japan, Japan's support for Germany. Your opinion uh, on Jap- uh, Jap- uh, Germany's progress into the final? Yeah, so I mean, because of yeah, as Russ mentioned, uh, I think the um, the team itself was not that uh, uh how to say like strong enough. That's why uh, those defensive or even goalkeeper could you know shine in a sense. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah, at that uh final game, we were also very very excited, but uh, we are more neutral, like uh, just watching the you know world class, you know the. The highest performance on you know mm. TV or on the site, and we all excited. And then obviously, yeah, as we already discussed, you know, the Brazil was one of the best, you know, the stats they had, right? The members in their history also, I believe, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, uh, yeah, Kaká, uh, Robert Carlos. Yeah, Kaká was actually on the bench. So imagine ah, yeah, that. Kaká was on the bench. Mm. Yeah. So. Mm, we are just you know the enjoying the you know the how the brazil will you know uh attack again, yeah attack it yeah how and then how many shoots they will you know make or something like that mm. yeah that was what i believe yeah okay kel i didn't have i've not found this out but which country were you supporting in this world cup from the start brazil okay yeah so, from the start, so obviously brazil. obviously you're supporting brazil in the final Yes. For me, it was, I, I for me, it was difficult. Was, uh, sorry, for you what? For me, it was difficult because um, if Brazil had won this, I know they would have gone to five World Cups. That's no. two more than Italy. Then Germany is not really like, you know, I would say, wow, you know, fantastic team that, you know, could cause an upset or I would want them to win because they're so exciting. So I had no choice to support Brazil because of Ronaldo and the... Uh, affiliation to Inter. So with a heavy heart, I supported Brazil and they won. I'm happy for Ronaldo, that's all. Yeah, in fact, the final for me, I thought was Ronaldo versus Germany, not even Brazil. <laughs> I thought Brazil played well, but like Ronaldo had two chances. He scored both goals and then... Wait, was it yeah. 1-0 or 2-0? 2-0. 2-0, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he scored both goals. So it was like he had... A, like It was him against Oliver Kahn. And mm. uh, he came up on top, man. I thought I think he really, really wanted it after the heartbreak of '98, and also, you know, like you mentioned, Inter losing out his knee surgery. I think a lot of things being penned down to him. Um, I actually can't wait to watch his documentary. I think there's a documentary coming yeah, out right, uh, yeah. on Ronaldo, which I feel is going to, you know, really, really make sense when he comes and explains, um, you know, what was he feeling and stuff like that. I think there'll be a really good documentary to watch. Yeah, Padma, you're a big Brazil fan. Yeah. End of the game, big celebrations in the house. <laughs> All of us, even my mother, my sister, everyone were watching the game, the finals. Um, it was it was an awesome finals. Just before we talk about the Brazil and Germany players, let's not forget that was Colina's last ever refereeing of a football match. Yes, yes. That 2002 yes. World Cup. And to me, he is still, despite this many years, 20 years on, He's still one of the finest referees to ever referee a football match. Yep. Nobody like him. Yep. It was. Uh, it is worth mentioning. That's that's the caliber of Colina there as the finals referee. Mm. And uh, in that finals, I felt that Brazil were heads and tails above uh, Germany. But let's not forget, Germany played without Michael Ballack in the final. Yeah, correct. That was a big loss for. Yeah. That was your one true talent outfield yes. player, and they lost him. Yeah. No, nevertheless, they had a commander-in-chief in, chief in uh, Oliver Kahn, but you need the general, the midfield general to actually run the team. When the mm. midfield general is missing, 
then the whole team goes all over the place. And Brazil were lucky to have Ronaldinho back in that finals. Mm, yeah, he, got, he, he was got sent off against England. Yeah. England, yeah. And it was it was lucky that he was available for the finals. And so, they had to sweat it out, right, against uh, Turkey in the semi-final. Yeah, and it took yeah. a moment of brilliance from uh, Luis Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Yeah. To, to score that winner from an outer foot. I still remember yeah. that goal. Topo, it was Topo. an outer foot. Topo, it was a tonjol. We, yeah. we call it tonjol, yeah. Tonjol, yeah. In our local language, we call it tonjol. So, that's yeah. how we got the winner. So, it was, to me, it was a very fulfilling World Cup, which I still haven't seen by Brazil until today. Hmm. Uh, 1994 I was too young to actually appreciate Romario and that particular Beleto. bunch of players. Yeah. But I, I was, I still privileged to actually watch another group of Brazilian players go on and win the big one again in 2002, mm. just eight mm. years off. So yeah. um, after that, we all know where Brazil are now. So <laughs> let's see what happens this year. Yeah, true. And uh, you're mentioning about defenders, Kel. It's Lucio, Roque Jr. and Ed Milson. Ed Milson, yes. yes for Barca, if I'm not wrong, Ed Milson. Yeah, correct. At the, at the time of the World Cup, he was playing for Leon. Leon, okay, okay. I know. Yeah, After so... That. Yeah, so yeah, they, they were the one who memories. played that, that, that three defenders. I remember the wingbacks, like what Padma yeah. said. Um, Cafu and, and Carlos just going at it. And I think a lot of uh, teams were actually shocked by, by their, their style of play. You know, I think they were not ready for... Many people were expecting that four four two, which was that norm mm. during that time. Yeah. Uh, but then suddenly you have this, uh, and I think, especially Lucio, I think he was playing for Leverkusen. I think. Uh, yeah. During that he time. had also lost the Champions League final, and Leverkusen yeah. was like they lost the Champions League final, they lost the Bundesliga, yeah. they were second there, they lost the German Cup also. So they, he he had three losses in a row, so worse than Ronaldo. Yeah, but what a defender. That guy, I think there was a yeah. beast, uh, I think, you know, in the yep. middle of defence. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's one of the strong points. Yeah, indeed. And Ronaldo's redemption story always uh, reminds me of things like, for my, personally, as a fan of Roberto Baggio, like, he could have had a redemption story like that himself, but it's not meant to be. So, sometimes fate and luck also plays a part because, you know, Ronaldo managed to have that while someone like Roberto Baggio or even players before him, you know, probably had like a great tournament, suddenly had one mistake or something and it cost the tournament and then you never really had a chance to make up for it. So, yeah. And going into this World Cup also, Baggio, like Ronaldo, got a bad knee injury and then he made it back in like record time. But uh, despite the clamour of the Italian public, they didn't select him for the World Cup. So, that was also another tragedy for the Italians. So, yeah, that's on a personal note. Okay, guys, uh, before we wrap this up, I want you to name your World Cup 11. Yes. Who's going to go first? Yes. Isha. Kel, what about you? Okay, I go first, yeah, guys. I already, I already wrote this down, by the way. I planned it out. I was like, it was quite tough because I had to plan my formation and stuff. Um, so, I will go for the four, three, no, four, 4-2, but my 4 in the midfield is a diamond. Okay. Um, so, I will go with Oliver Kahn, of course. I think what Shiba said as well, iconic goalkeeper. Uh, and he had like a wonderful tournament. I think he won that golden glove or something like that. Yeah. Uh, right back, I go with Cafu. Left back, Carlos. Uh, center back, I'll go with Lucio and Paolo Maldini. Um, you cannot leave out Paolo Maldini in any center back stories uh, you know you have. Um, defensive midfielder, Gilberto Silva. I think he actually nailed that defensive position alongside a certain player called Cleberson, but let's Cleberson. not go there. Uh, no, yes. uh, after th that was Cleberson's only tournament which he played. Uh, after that, I don't know what he was, uh, you know, signing for United. We, we, we signed the wrong what? Brazilian. Actually, Oliver Kahn, I want to add also, was also the player of the tournament, player. not just oh, the yeah. Golden Glove. Okay. Player of the tournament. So, yeah. So, Gilberto Silva, Michael Balak, because he had a good tournament, and Jisung Park. I think mm. G Sumpa had a wonderful uh, tournament. Uh, my attacking midfielder is Ronaldinho and my two strikers, uh, Close and Ronaldo. Mm, okay. Nice. Let's go, Shiba. What do you got? Looks like you're ready. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Actually, it's very I'm difficult. I'm going to set up my next 11. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I really agree with Kel. Like the, the 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 you know you already you know have a formation and everything, so it's very comfortable. <laughs> Actually, I cannot really think of you know that precise. But I want to still you know uh, bring in some you know Japanese player as in Japanese. Okay. So maybe uh, Inamoto and you know Nakata. Okay. But other than that, yeah, most of them are coming from Brazil. I believe. All right. Yeah. Okay. Padma yourself, don't tell me all Brazil team. The whole <laughs> it's I like wish, wish. The, the same team they played in the finals. That's my first eleven. <laughs> no, I would put uh, Oliver Kahn in goal. Although Marcos had a good tournament and Rusto as well, Oliver Kahn was still the standout player for the entire tournament. Uh, in defense, Maldini together with Sol Campbell. I think Sol Campbell was a good threat up front, together with his defensive play. During that tournament, he remember he was the one who scored. If I'm not mistaken, was he the one who scored the equalizer against no, Sweden? Yeah, yeah, he scored against Sweden. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, it was Sol Campbell together with Maldini, it's center back, right back, left back. Roberto Carlos is my idol growing up, so I can't leave Roberto Carlos out as left back. Kafu as right back. I think these two they complement each other. It's a match made in heaven having yeah. both of them in your flank. So, and then at uh, defensive midfield, I would have a workhorse. So I would play Pa Ji Song there. Someone who just breaks play and passes the ball. That's all he needs to do. Break play and pass the ball. Right? Uh, after Pa Ji Song, you have Michael Balak together with Ronaldinho. And I'll go at a front three of Miroslav Klose, Ronaldo and Hakan Suko. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Cool. I'll go for an alternative 11 then. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go with uh, Rustu in goal. Uh, he was my favorite goalkeeper in okay, the uh, World For Cup. you, uh, there's a trick. You cannot name any Italian players. Yeah, yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Maldini had a really great World Cup either. You know, so we uh, in the Italy team, uh, Cannavaro also was there, Nesta was there, uh, but Nesta was injured after maybe yeah. second game or so. So, yeah, a lot of good players in Italy. The, probably the best, the right probably the best Italian player was Vieri, was the best Italian player. Yeah, Christian Vieri. Yeah, he was the top scorer for Italy. Um, yeah, so Rustu in goal. It's a bit tough to look beyond uh, Cafu and Roberto Carlos as wing back. So, Gotta go with I, either one of them. I think centre back. I'll go with a German player called Carsten Ramelo. I think he did Ooh. did well. Uh, alongside him, I would go with Lucio. I'll go with Lucio. Uh, I thought Lucio was a really good uh, defender, soft spot also because of the interconnection. Uh, midfield. Gonna go with uh, Yildre Bastuk. In midfield, Ooh. that's that's my creative player because it's an alternative team, right? Not going with Ronaldinho, um, he'll be the creative player. I was just thinking of this. Some other players. Emery. Give me a second. Nah, don't too many Turkish players then. Ah, Michael Balak would have to be in there, for sure. And. Um, We'll go with Park Jisung perhaps as the three three um, midfielders. Up front, closer. Closer, everyone's mentioned closer. I think I'll go with Henry Kamara as one of the strike three strikers. You know, he can be like one of the wingers. You'll go with Henrik Larsson as well. I think he had a really good he had a good tournament. Wouldn't say really good, but he had a good tournament. Um and the last forward, probably nobody's mentioned Rivaldo, so I'll go with Rivaldo. I think Rivaldo also had a really good tournament. So that would be my 11 4 3 3. A bit loop sided because you got a bit too attacking uh, midfield. Actually, I, I was remembering another uh, defensive player. I think Gilberto Silva also had a really good tournament. I, but I can't recall which other defensive midfielder it was. You can take Clemson, yeah. no problem. Just if no. you want to name Clemson. <laughs> <No. Levis. laughs> had a good tournament. Yeah, give it had to him. Tournament. He actually had yeah. a good tournament. But yeah. then I don't know what happened, man. Yeah, but even the, <laughs> I think Inamoto also should probably could, could, yeah. 
I think I'll replace uh, probably Park Jisoo with Inamoto because Inamoto had a really good tournament. But that will make my midfield very attacking. Everyone's going forward. Balak, uh, Balak and Bastuk and Inamoto, nobody's defending. But yeah, it is what it is, right? It's my my team. Um, and let me tell you what the official All-Star team was. So in goal, they had Oliver Kahn and Rustu. Defenders. Yeah. Sol Campbell, so very well mentioned. Sol Campbell was in the All-Star team, the official All-Star team. Fernando Hierro was another player. Hong Spain. Myung-Bu. Yeah. Okay. Alpe Ozalan is another one. And Roberto Carlos. So there's no Kafu in the official team. No Lucio, no Kafu, no one else. No German uh, defenders as well, which is surprising. In midfield, they had Michael Balak. Claudio Reyna from USA, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, I think those two select themselves, and Yu Sang Chul from South Korea. Forward, they had El Haji Diouf, Miroslav Kloser, Ronaldo, and Hassan Sass. So not even... Hassan Sass had a good tournament, yeah. yeah Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so... One moment. You cannot unmute yourself. Patma's having a problem, technical difficulties. I might need you to drop off and come back in again. So yeah, well, what a tournament, right? What a tournament, yes. One of, the, one, of the, one of the best World Cups, uh, you know. Subsequently, I think yeah. there, were, there were a couple of good World Cups as well, but like 2002, there was, there was one of the... Yeah, one of the best World Cups for us also because of the timing. Like I've mentioned, like I think everyone of us has mentioned because of the timing. I think is fantastic. Mm. It's one one of the best World Cups for that one reason. I think a lot of shocks. If you're watching as a neutral, you would have been entertained with a lot of shocks. Yeah. So yeah. that is another reason why it's probably one of the fondest World Cup. But of course, personally, not really. It's mixed, lah. I would say for me, mixed mixed World Cup. But I still look at it as one of one of the best. And it's also probably the first World Cup where they had those, those balls that were super light. Mm. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Before that, the balls were still heavier. This was the first World yeah. Cup where the controversy started with, oh, the balls are so light. They're like volleyballs or, you know, beach balls <laughs> flying in the air and all. So, but it was very interesting color. The, the color wasn't white. It was called Favonova, usual. right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Favonova. It was gold color balls. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, guys. If we've been talking for one hour now, reminiscing, this is what happens, right? It's like sitting in a bar or a coffee shop and all, and once we start talking, it never ends. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot for taking the time to speak to me and Kel and sharing your memories, Padma and uh, Shiva. Pleasure, pleasure. It's a bit late in the night as well, getting a bit late in the night. I know you guys got to get back to work uh, tomorrow morning. So yeah, have a good night and peace out. Good night. Thank you, guys. Take care. Yeah. Thank you Take very care. much. Take See care. You. Bye. Here I am.